Today, all over the world, there are thousands of Sino-Soviet intelligence agents with money to burn, looking for unsuspecting targets for exploitation among members of our forces. So, um, no news. Yeah, there's no news from the front. Um, no, no local news. No international news. Everybody's gone quiet. So either we're in the midst of an apocalypse, or every headline is just Trump talking about Meghan Markle. Yeah. They, so everyone decided. Um, all the politicians, um, all the world leaders decided. Hey, you know what? Um, Book smart. Olivia Wilde's directorial debut is out now, and so we're all going to go see that. It's a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it. It was really funny. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. It it was um that and Detective Pikachu were about the only good movies I've seen in not Tolkien. No, not Tolkien. Um, that was fine, I guess. But it was pretty darn boring. Yeah. So I I feel like the the longer you're in the um leftist sphere. I feel like the more and more you kind of realize that a lot of the art that we have nowadays is just kind of like shit. Especially biopics. Yeah. And so when these Hollywood movies just crank out some, like these Hollywood studios just crank out movies for like a quick buck and you like can see through the, I call it like pierce, like you can either pierce the veil or you can kind of see mm-hmm. how the sausage is made. You go, okay, well this is just like the... The, the, this is just literally like neoliberalism, like just on screen. I don't know if this is entirely relevant, but uh, I was listening to another podcast this morning and I heard potentially that sausage quality is actually improving. Okay. So I think that's an antiquated uh, phrase. We need a. It's problematic. Yeah. What I'm saying, it's canceled. This is the year of our Lord 2019 and, and sausage ma- saying how the sausage is made is canceled. So we've been seeing movies. Uh, summer classes just started back for both of us. Yeah. I have uh, two online classes. You're taking how many? I'm taking three. Three currently. in person all on the same day? Uh, not all on the same day. I have two on the same day and one on the other okay. day. Okay. And we both just started new jobs. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to say where, but... Uh, today was the first day for me, and it's my first, like, I'll call it my big boy job. Mm-hmm. Like, it's an internship in my field, and uh, there was a girl there, a quite quite interesting backstory. She, we were going around the horn, and she said, oh, I'm from El Salvador. The, the girl's very much Asian. And oh. so I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And... Because she didn't have, like, an accent. She sounded, like, American. Yeah. And she said, oh, but my parents are both Taiwanese. And I, I didn't have the heart to tell her that um, Taiwan isn't a real country. <laughs> She's just Chinese and, and speaking <laughs> it. So, yeah, I, I felt like that would be a bad first impression. So maybe in a month or two, I'll be like, hey, you know, you, you just... Know- you're Chinese, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, there's no country called Taiwan. Like, definitely not... Not, like you, you guys are out drinking, right? You're just having a good old time on the weekends or whatever. And she's like, you know, talking about her parents, and you're like, oh yeah, that brings me to the point. Um, Taiwan, not a real place. Yeah, it's like you meet someone from Kosovo. You're like, where? <laughs> I only acknowledge that as Yugoslavia. I'm sorry. <laughs> or um, you meet God. What's that other country? I'm trying to remember. Oh, Palestine. Yeah. <laughs> you meet someone from the. They're like, yeah, I'm from Gaza. You're like, oh, so you're from Israel. <laughs> 
Oh, well, I had a I had an interesting uh, conversation with a friend about Israel versus Palestine, like the, the conflict. Those are always so, so much fun. So, so much enlightening. You know, when you, when you're talking to somebody and they, they're religious, right. And they have this like viewpoint of, um, oh, Israel's always right. It's, there was promised to them by God. And it it doesn't matter that yeah. they're ethnically cleansing um, the Palestinians or whatever they believe. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter that there's like a far right wing government that has nothing to do with like the biblical Israel. Like, um, you know, I don't, I don't, um, nowhere in in the New Testament am I seeing places where it's like, oh, by the way, if Israel happens to come back. And they like are ethnically cleansing a bunch of people mm. and um, and bombing children. That's okay because they're Jewish. Yeah, like um, it's it'd be interesting to read about the whole Zionist movement mm-hmm. that happened right after World War II. And like, I get the idea of them wanting an ethno state, but it's like, how's that working out for you? Well, at the same time, like. You know, um, don't kill the people who were already there. Like the crazy part is when they when they showed up and basically kicked all the Palestinians out of Israel. There's like there were Jewish and Christian Palestinians that they kicked out. Right. It's not just like there's a bunch of turban wearing um, sand people out there. Like these are like their supposed brethren. And they're just tossing to the curb. Well, and that's putting it lightly. Yeah. I, well, what's insane about this whole thing, and, and this kind of touches on, um, you know, the, the distinction between, like, the, the right of the political spectrum, right, right in terms of, like, a blanket statement. Yes. And then, like, so. and liberals as well, versus, like, actual leftists. So what's interesting is, like, Actual leftists aren't afraid to say like stuff like thing states are ethno states like you because it's it's this really weird thing where we're fine with non-white people having ethno states but we're like so so for instance Japan right very monocultural there are different cultures and there are different different ethnicities in Japan but like. I don't know the actual percentage, but it's like a high 90% of people are Japanese. And they are very xenophobic. And they're not a huge fan of... Uh, they, they're they okay with foreigners. Like, they're not actively aggressive, and they're, they're not trying to keep them out. But it's really hard to immigrate to Japan because of uh, their weird, like, we want to keep japan japanese so the actual number is even higher than the number you gave it the the real number is 98.5 percent are ethnically japanese yeah so you know 1.5 percent of the country is not so and that's not including like other asian cultures and you know everybody so that's the thing like so you look at israel right like you look at a place like israel and there it is an ethno state right they, they are actively um kicking out Palestinians and they're killing them and they just think they're terrorists and and Israel is like you know like they're they're I guess you know quote unquote like non-white so liberals are fine with it you know and and if you say if you say Israel like is like a bad uh 
like practicality, like in in reality, that's a bad thing, then people will say, "Oh, you're being anti-Semitic." Yeah, it all stems from like a history of violence against the Jewish people. I blame fucking Brightburn the movie. And well, I mean, we can't blame them for everything. Maybe. I blame. I don't blame them. I I blame um I blame Bright Brightburn. Oh, bri- the, movie. the movie! I thought you said Bright Bart, and no. I was like, "Oh, wow, that that took a curve." No. Uh, really quickly, it's so we we mentioned Japan, ninety eight point five percent ethnically Japanese. Yeah, totally okay. Um, seventy five percent of Israel's Jewish, while twenty one percent is Arab. Okay. So it's even more ethnically diverse than Japan. The thi- the difference is though, I'm trying to I'm trying to say this, um, like. I feel like Japan has a long history of this. Yes. Where Israel, the modern Israel, is a rather new new invention, and it was the actual like it was not organically created. Where Japan is organically created, that holds yeah. any water. If you get what I'm saying. I, Japan was there from like who knows like when thousands thousands of years and yeah they just have a history of being closed off it's not like i mean well never mind let's move on to brightburn because yeah uh, god you said you said you saw that movie i i haven't seen it yet i i blame that movie for um <laughs> i blame that movie for the israel situation i don't know it's a it, it's a terrible film like i said um you know when you kind of like when you kind of start digging more into like like critical analysis and and things uh, of that sort like especially like uh like a more left leaning approach of like everything is kind of um you know packaged for the lowest common denominator or packaged basically for the masses and and like you know i've said it before like i I love the marvel films but the marvel films are basically just literally like hitting like they're just a cut above like average and and they're there are truly great ones, right? But they're they do the bare minimum, and then like they're lauded as like holy shit, like this is great yeah. because like they do more than the bare minimum. Whereas a lot of films are either remakes, reboots, or don't even do the bare minimum, like *Brightburn*. Right? It's this horror, horror-ish like suspense um, superhero film, and it's basically like the premise of every uh, comic book that is by an independent creator. It's what if Superman but bad? Yeah, yeah. And it's this kid, and he like, he he kind of does this like really weird um, turn, where uh, he just like automatically he's like kind of a sweet kid, and then he just becomes evil for no reason, and then they they kind of like give this explanation that it's because he's like a wasp or something like they talk about wasp and bees a lot like a hive mind so he might be like a, a bug species of alien or some something who knows and um i'm gonna spoil it for everybody um because this movie is terrible and go no for one, it you're saving them lots of money no one should ever see it i would not pay any amount of money to go see this movie um the ending is like earlier in the film he gets cut on metal like the metal from the spaceship and they realize like that's his weakness that's his kryptonite yeah and so what happens is uh he kills his like dad he kills like everybody and it's it's, it's actually pretty like that part's pretty scary because like it is it's superman like what the, what the hell are you gonna do basically like an evil superman 
And his mom gets a piece of metal and she like hugs him and's trying to be like, you're a good person. And she hoists the knife in the air, going to stab him. And he stops her and he grabs her hand and she's like, oh no, please forgive me. And he flies her up and drops her to kill her essentially. Right. And then there's, you see a plane coming towards him, like the classic Superman, like a plane's, like he learns how to fly and a plane's coming down, like going to crash. And a plane's coming towards him. And then the next thing you see is there's news footage of, of every single passenger on the passenger plane died because it crashed, which indicates that he crashed them. And there's a bunch of different things happening, like he destroys buildings and kills people and all this stuff. And there's a cameo from Michael Rooker. Of Guardians of the Galaxy oh, fame. Mary yeah. Poppins. Yeah. And um, he, what happens is he's like talking about how there's like a witch who's supposed to be like Wonder Woman killing people. Mm-hmm. And there's like a creature from the Black Lagoon, which is like Aquaman. And yeah. then they also talk about the Brightburn kid. And the most on the nose bullshit I've ever seen in my life, right? Like, talk about, like, listen, this is. A, if you guys can't tell, no politics have been happening recently. Nothing, like, barely anything's happened. Nothing noteworthy. So we're talking about this fucking movie real quick. Um, Billy Eilish's bad guy plays during the fucking oh credits. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, long story long, that movie fucking sucks. No one ever needs to see it. And we need to institute communism now so we can have good fucking art. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, I wasn't planning on seeing it, but now I'm definitely not going to see it. I am excited to see Saving Private Ryan. Um, it's a movie that I've always wanted to see in theaters. You know, there's like those, some of those movies you're like, man, if I could go back in time and see them when they came out in theaters and have that experience. And, you know, thanks for thank you, D-Day, for, for bringing us again Saving Private Ryan. Um, there should be a scene in... I'm sorry to interrupt, but there should be a scene in Saving Private Ryan where they're like, wow, the Americans are really helping out in the war. And then one guy's like, yeah, but did you hear what Russia's doing? Like, they're really fucking the Nazis up. <laughs> I, I highly doubt that would happen. <laughs> that would ruin our narrative that we did it all by ourselves. And the world owes us a huge, fa- a huge favor. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Lo- not Nothing, nothing basically going on. Um, so... I think this actually is pretty thematic with for the pod, though. Yeah. Because, like, one of the things, um, platform capitalism. Here we go. Okay. We're bringing it back to le- it. leftist politics. Platform capitalism is your Netflixes, your Hulus. Um, basically, they are uh, ruining small, smaller films and the theater-going experience. And by what I and what I mean by that is like, sure, Roma was on Netflix. It was fantastic, right? But I miss that going into a, like a, a video store and like browsing and having a person like actually kind of talk about you know these like movies, these weird like obscure movies that you couldn't find and would never be able to find, and and they would ha- like the person behind the counter would either have that knowledge or like could recommend you something because they've seen it because they're working at a video store and they just like watching movies, um, but. With the rise of like Netflix and uh, Hulu and all these streaming platforms, um, that's going. You know that that's gone. Like all of that, like that that interpersonal human communication is gone. And I think like film going culture as a whole, like actually, actually suffers from it. 
I mean, you could make the argument. It just seems like the inevitable thing. I mean, our economy is moving more and more towards automation. And so now our movies are automated where there's an algorithm telling us, you know, one day we're going to have AI saying you need to make movies with these themes and these things in it. And it's going to make you money. Um, and there won't be like writers and stuff eventually. Uh, I actually, I mean, I get what you're saying. There's like that sense of loss and sense of, um, you know, I, but I think that's happened every generation. Some we're moving more and more into like, uh, automate, autumn automated technology. And that's just going to reduce that human connection. And that's why we're in such a cold era of like, People, you always hear this, like, people don't know how to interact and people don't know how to talk anymore. And, like, I don't think that's entirely true. I just think, like, those opportunities to interact are becoming, like, fewer and fewer. You know, it, you, you you have, like, work and then maybe the people you live with mm-hmm. and that's about it. And then you have your, your, at least in my life, my close group of friends that I like to hang out with. But... I think it's more so now it's like on the individual to go out and make those connections and it's just going to require people to not necessarily rebel against technology and not use it because I think it's very helpful. Yeah. But it's going to require like you and me to be more aware that hey, I'm spending this much time inter- interfacing with um an AI, an algorithm, or some piece of technology, mm-hmm. I need to find things to do um, to interact with people. And that's like why I enjoy doing the podcast because we get to interact. Like it gives us a reason to be in the room together. Yeah. And I've been trying to schedule times with some of my friends to like go hiking. And we would like, I went to Blood Mountain last weekend. And um, it's not like I'm getting rid of technology. Like I'm never going to stop playing my video games. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I've basically stopped. And I actually enjoy I enjoy Netflix and Hulu, and, and it's so convenient. Yeah, well, so we, we just have to make that extra effort now to make sure we don't lose that like human touch. Well, one of the things that I was going to say was um, not to spoil this. This is a fucking fantastic book. Like, definitely five out of five stars on Goodreads is what I gave it. Um, it's it's by an Italian um, Marxist philosopher, and his name is. Um, Franco Berardi, um, and he talks about, it's called Heroes, Mass Murder and Suicide, and, and in the book he actually talks about um, the rise of mass murders and suicides like in terms of numbers, and it, it's steadily increasing, and he talks about this increased alienation, and he said what's happening is that like from a younger age, we're learning more words from a machine than we are from our mothers, and you can actually see the rise in both mass murders and suicides paralleled with the, the rise in uh, less words being learned by the mother and um, mental illnesses cropping up, right? There's more, um, there's more cases of schizophrenia and there's more cases of depression, obviously. And, and a lot of people say, well, people didn't talk about those things back then, so fair enough. Um, but the thing about it is uh, you know, rarely in a point in history do we see like these middle class like kids who go and shoot up a school, right? Like that's becoming more the norm than the exception. And the thing about it is, like, he actually 
you know, attributes that to um, this feeling of isolation. We're having uh, less interactions with um, people because of technology. Technology is great. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. a, uh, I'm not a fucking luddite, right? Like technology is fine. But the problem is that when we have all this stuff and, and people are becoming increasingly more and more um, sexually withdrawn, like we're not having as much sex as we've been having. Like the sexual... Thanks, re- Tinder. Yeah, exactly. And the sexual revolution... Happened. I was having a lot of sex before Tinder. Let me just say that. <laughs> well, no, like the thing is like we have this... Like the sexual revolution happens and, and, and um, Angela Nagel's talked about this before. The sexual revolution happened and it's it's weird because we, we started accepting more things. Like we started accepting uh, LGBTQ plus people. We started accepting like, like, like butt stuff and all this like crazy sexual stuff, right? We're fine with it now and people are having less sex and it's alienating and even if they're having sex, they're having meaningless sex and Tinder's a fucking cesspool for both men and women and all this stuff kind of combines to create this weird society where like we have trouble interacting with people, right? Our attention spans are shot. We all have depression. We all just like want out of this like kind of bad situation in some way right so some people chase it through whatever like a hobby or um, some people do drugs or some people you know um, do prescription and non-prescription drugs yeah and people um you know uh do uh or or the, the when it's taken to the extreme right it uh the forms of like mass murder, right? Like, like guys going and shooting up places and stuff is, is on the rise. And, um, you know, in the book, he actually posits that that is due to those factors. And also the fact that like our work life isn't as promising as it once was where our workplaces won't like take care of you anymore, basically. Yeah. Um, it was refreshing today to hear, I I was asking, so I'm just a, an intern where I work. But I was asking about the the full time benefits that, uh, like, the the benefits that full time employees at this company get, and uh, it's a Korean company, and they don't make their employees pay for health insurance. Like, it's free through the company, and it's not like a crappy uh, high deductible insurance plan. It's like a twenty dollar copay, you know, gold gold level insurance package that's free for you and your family and that was refreshing to hear and um the company during our orientation focused a lot on the human element how um we have a response they have they feel like they have a responsibility to the environment and to their employees which was totally refreshing to hear in a corporate setting and they're like we understand like this isn't the norm like most companies aren't like this and I was talking to another friend, and he worked for another foreign company that was like Finnish, I think, or mm-hmm. Swedish. And they did the same thing where even in the US, their healthcare was free. See what? Um, and I haven't talked to too many people about like the US companies, but I assume it's not that way at most companies. I was going to say, what's insane about that is like the basically like we can applaud that company right we can we can say wow this is great but they're doing the bare minimum yeah right like there's a lot of things they could be doing and they're doing like the bare minimum and like that is and i'm not saying that that's bad like in in the realistic sense right Mm -hmm. in the philosophic sense you say um you know okay well they're also you know they're still 
stealing wages and they're still whatever. Um, but in, in practical sense, you yeah. go, wow, they're doing the bare minimum a company should do, and it's fantastic. And and that's not unpraiseworthy, but at the same time, it's pretty sad that like, you know, th- we're at a time and place where where the bare minimum is is uh, excellent now, um, in terms of like corporations acting certain ways, you know, treating people like human beings and stuff. Yeah, and that is a good point. That it is weird that I would be kind of amazed and in wonder <laughs> of a company actually treating their employees like decent human beings, which that's kind of that's kind of depressing. And oh. but it's it's yeah. it's again. You can go as far as saying you can't even attribute it to the companies themselves. You have to attribute it to the system, which allows them to to get away with all this yeah, it, neglect it, and and mistreatment. And you know, companies more and more as automation rises are turning towards contract workers. You know what's great about contract workers? You don't have to give them any benefits. The system that made these companies uh, be able to do these things also made fucking Brightburn. So fuck them. Fuck the system. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I was going to say it's that, it's that Trotsky co- quote I sent you from Terrorism and Communism. It's... Um, you, you t- uh, Back in the day, you, you uh, enslave a man and you make him work and you treat him like shit, but you tell him that there's a higher power in it. There's a God for you. And the, this life doesn't matter. The next one's what matters. And, and you will be rewarded in the next life. But And just be a good Christian, um, you know, and, or a good, uh, just be a good, um, you know, believer. Yeah. And um, you will have all the rewards and benefits, but we'll treat you like a pack mule while you work. And, and that's that's the thing like you know it, it is um, it, it is like it kind of dehumanizing in a way because when you when you realize you say okay these companies are like you know being not like my company um, you know that I previously have worked more for and I still work for um, you know they kind of do they kind of do stuff like that where they, they they do a lot of things to try and keep people there, but they have like a, they have a high turnover rate cause it's a warehouse job. Yeah. But at the same time they do a lot to keep people there. Um, but it's, it's still like, it's not even the bare minimum. Like it's just, they, they go, okay, well like you, you have hard work. So like here's free food. Like they give you free food and yeah. they'll like, they have like nice little cookouts and they have family days and they have like, here's a free shirt every, every three months or like, here's a free shirt basically to keep you like happy. It's and the, it's the, I forget who said it, but it's basically, you know, like companies, once they start losing employees, then they start adding more and more. It's like they will give the, the bare minimum threshold to keep an employee at that company, yeah, um, it seems like that's kind of what your company is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a pretty sad state. It's it's more upsetting that politicians won't take any action, yeah, to change that or mm-hmm. are indifferent because they're getting paid by those same companies, yeah, to keep the status quo. And you know, we could get back and just rail on this, but the middle ground is never going to help anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, the one headline I did see in the news was like AOC calls out Joe Biden on his, or Bernie calls out Joe Biden on his middle ground yeah. speech. And I haven't listened to the speech, but I can assume he's talking about how there's like good ideas on both sides and there's a middle place we need to be. But oh yeah, 
that's what we've been hearing for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And where has the middle ground got us? It's got got us pacifism. It's gotten us a apathetic base of voters who um, don't care. Like, forget who who I was talking to that said this. That I was like, wow, you're totally right. It's like if people knew about climate change, truly understood the scope of it. There'd be like riots in the streets and people would be like burning buildings and yeah, literally guillotine, guillotining people. But people are too busy with their lives. Like even if they understand the consequences of what climate change is going to do and how these companies are causing it, they say, well, they're not going to go stop their life and become an eco-terrorist. They like, say, what can we do? Like, they don't. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a it's a sad state to be in where. You know, the country you live in, America, uh, their official stance is, oh, climate change isn't even real and we're doing everything in our power to, like, stop it. And it's just absurd. People on a massive scale aren't the I feel like the American people have acknowledged it. Yeah. Even a lot of Republicans and conservatives have acknowledged it, Mm -hmm. but not our politicians. But they won't. The problem is they won't. Uh, okay, so two things. The first one, the problem is they won't elect people to change anything because they don't they don't care about climate change because yeah. just pass pass along the check. Um, and also to to go back to what you said about AOC. Mm-hmm. So, a couple things about her that's interest that I found interesting. Uh, one, um, AOC uh, at a, a conference she was she she got invited to to speak at a um um a movie. Uh, premiere harping back on movies she got invited to to speak at um a movie festival a film fest and she's sitting there talking um and she says that uh the center she said the center she said the same thing you said she said the center hasn't worked Mm -hmm. and all this stuff but what's interesting about that is that a lot of people because she hasn't come out and endorsed anybody yet and people say come out and endorse bernie already right and your boy I don't know about you, but your boy's a huge. I really like AOC. Yeah, right? so do I. Big fan. She's doing some stuff recently that I'm not liking so far, um, because uh, she hasn't come out and backed um, Bernie yet for uh, for the president. And the thing is, we're still a while out. That's fine. It, that's completely fine. She can wait for whatever. But it looks like. She will probably back Warren. I was about to say, like, she's probably holding out for Warren. And the thing about it is, and and here's what I what I, I want to say about the the kind of, the kind of hypocrisy that kind of is is rampant among just people in general. Everyone's a hypocrite, so that's fine. But AOC is, is seemingly going to back Warren. But at the CNN town hall, I just saw this. I saw a, a write up of what Warren said because I did see her like some of her clips from the t- town hall, mm-hmm. but I saw a write up of a particular part that she said because I didn't watch all four hours of that bullshit. Um, she said that talking about Medicare for all, they asked her about that, right? We're, we're going back to that. And she says, um, we need a, uh, something along the lines of like, we need like a, a centered approach. We need everybody oh, to sit. No. Is the everybody at the table, right? That's that quote. Stop. Everybody at the table. And that's such a, that's such a bullshit centrist. You already know what that means. That means, oh, Keep the Affordable Care Act and maybe add on to it. Well, she. This is what she said. She said, "We're." I'm listening to 
This like last time I said that she doesn't have a fucking Medicare plan. She she yeah. She, we looked at that. We looked at that, and that's like she she doesn't have anything. She tacitly kind of like endorses Medicare for all, but she doesn't even know what that means. She said, um, "I'm open to." Uh, God, this is the most ridiculous. It's kind of like the Ben Shapiro thing we we're talking about. She said, "I'm open to uh, lowering the uh, Medicaid uh, Medicare uh, age, right?" So to maybe fifty five to fifty, she said, "I'm or maybe we should, um, you know, up the cap. So maybe it's like you can get uh, me- uh, Medicare all the way up until you're thirty, and then you have like a, a gap year, gap years, and then you have like sixty five and up. So it's like you have you have from like one to thirty to have like Medicare or whatever, and um." She's like, I'm up to like increasing the budget. I'm up to like decreasing the budget. Like she was just throwing out, yeah, like, literally, literally saying anything except for actually free healthcare for all. But she literally said like the. She said, I'm open to this and this. Like literally, she's like, um, uh, Miss Warren, Miss Warren. Um, yes, thank you for coming today. Um, what is your favorite color? You know, I'm open to all favorite colors. I'm open to blue, to red, to green, to yellow, to orange. I'm open for all of them. What the fuck? Like, and then she's like, we need to have them all sit down at the table. And I think we can make, like, have the insurance companies help us. No, no. You need to abolish insurance companies. Long story long, that is what I'm... The thing is, Elizabeth Warren, every time we already harped on her a lot last episode, so I'm not yeah. going to harp on her too much. But every time that woman opens her fucking mouth, right? And people always say, oh, like, you, you know, you're being sexist against Elizabeth Warren. Like, you're a fucking dude. Like, you're white. You're a socialist. You're a brocialist. Like, Bernie, Bernie bro. Bernie, bro. Um, every time Elizabeth Warren opens her fucking mouth, she just says the stupidest shit that does, like, does not help her case at all all she's still my number two she's fixing not even being it's gonna be bernie or bust like it's, i'm, I'm on real. that road let's be real y'all it's bernie or bust and it has been for a while yeah and and the thing is uh looping it back around the problem is aoc se- seemingly endorsing her i think aoc is gonna endorse her because she's like she's a girl boss like yeah i think so and and the thing is you know um like we said multiple times before, she can't win. She can't win against Trump. And and the thing is, um, she just like she just says the stupidest shit. Like the stupidest shit. It's like Beto O'Rourke levels fucking stupid people. It's like fucking Howard Schultz level stupid. Like, I think we need a like a middle ground approach. Like I think we need to talk to the insurance companies about you know, because they, they have our best interests in mind. Right? Yeah, because they're not the reason that people are fucking dying. They're they're not the reason that um, mothers are are dying you know, on the childbirthing bed, like because they can't afford fucking health care. No, not at all. Like, just ah, oh, it's just like galaxy brain meme level bullshit with Elizabeth Warren. Like every fucking time, like you could take like an Elizabeth Warren quote. And it, it, it could be like the galaxy brain meme, like every, like more and more, like it just goes into like the universe yeah. and like the universe exploding in the universe. It's so fucking stupid. I definitely could see AOC endorsing Warren because of girl boss reasons. Because of Yath Queen? Um, the Burger King Yath know, I Queen hope, meal? I hope, I hope logic and reason will prevail. But I mean, at the end of the day, you can't even, f- I, I can't fault AOC entirely because 
I mean, running for president, I know you and I would like to say, well, we're very, we're looking at purely policies, but also for the vast majority of voters. Yeah. It's very emotionally tied. I mean, up until recently, uh, every election, whether I voted in it or not, I've known zip and my vote or whenever I didn't vote was purely based on who I thought looked like the president or sounded like the president. You know what I'm saying? Like for the most people, it's highly emotional. And I would, I would hate to see AOC go down that route where she's like, Oh, emotion. And, and, um, not because she's a woman. I'm not saying that just like, cause she's the typical voter. Yeah. That's what the typical American does is they don't vote. That's like how Trump got in. Cause people thought, Oh, he seems like somebody who could change it. Something. Well, that, that's a weird thing. Like why the, f- like, here's the deal. Why the fuck would you choose Warren? Like if that is your, like AOC is like pretty smart, right? Like she's a, mm-hmm. I, I really like her whatever but like she's being really like if she does choose warren and even she hasn't she, yet though she I know, hasn't I'm, we're just saying like theoretically yeah. like we're living in a world where she's already come out and she's in warren right um if she does choose warren for those reasons that you said yeah why the fuck would you choose warren for like aesthetic reasons like why would you not like not looking at policies why would you not choose Kamala harris or uh, Tulsi Gabbard or any of the like other uh, women who are running because one like a couple things one Warren's like Elisa Simpson like she's a goody two shoes um, you know like older white chick right uh, and she doesn't fit like the aesthetics of like she she doesn't she fits like kind of the yes queen right like in 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 blanket terms but if we're going solely based on aesthetics, like Kamala Harris is a black woman and Tulsi Gabbard's a uh, indigenous uh, Hawaiian Hindu, like veteran. Yeah. So like they, she hits like the quadrants, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> like, she hits no. the four points. And the thing is, again, this is entirely speculation because she hasn't come out and said, so, you know, I don't think we should like really put our foot down on this yet. We can I think wait we till can. I- we can wait till after. It's happens. a slow episode. I think we can rag on her a little bit. Like, listen, AOC. This this is a this is an AOC stand podcast, right? We stand, we stand AOC. She's yachts queen. But here's the deal. Uh, every episode, she she needs a good kicking. We need to kick her a little bit. We need to kick her while she's down a little bit. And we then, need to um while she's speaking publicly, take the mic <laughs> away from her, so our voice can be heard. Because you know, Matt, us we're the silent. Minority, majority. We we are the we're the voiceless men in this world, and we need to make sure that we go up to every little brown girl with a microphone and snatch that thing away from her because they talk too much. I think it, I think um and and while that's uh, completely ironic, I, I actually think that um non ironically, like we need to stop telling like every person, not like mainly white dudes but like also we need to stop we need to stop telling little kids that they can grow up and be president like no why would you aspire to be president you're a fucking psychopath all right let's go with like the korean model entrance exams at 18 or whatever it is (laughs) nationwide and that determines whether you're eligible for the presidency or not let's have a bunch of super smart narcissists running the country and that'll be great we could do um you know instead of having uh 
you know, a democratic republic, or if you want to call it that, it's a fucking, it's a, it's the, it's a fucking corporatocracy. It's a corporatocracy. It really is. Um, but we could go, uh, definitely with Socrates is model in Plato's the Republic. Um, we just install whatever we are as the leader, right? <laughs> He's like, I think that, you know, I'm a philosopher and I think that the world should have philosopher kings. And you're like, wow, Socrates, like, that's great. That's and he really also, forward thinking there, bud. <laughs> he also talks about eugenics, so that's fun. But we could be like, you know, we could just look at it and go, wow, you know, like, I'm a warehouse worker, so I think we need warehouse worker leaders. Like, it's just whatever you are. That would be are. an interesting world where, like, you assemble based on some random, like, identity. And that was, like, your your party. There's no Republican and no Democrat anymore. It's, like, the lawyer representative <laughs> for president. And then you have, you know, like, the manufacturer representative. And you have, it just turns in these giant guilds and you have like this oligarchy where we, we send our, our representatives to like the summit every year and they like argue amongst themselves. And then a midget in handcuffs comes out. He's in prison <laughs> for uh, like pr- some terrorist act or treason or whatever. And he's like, you know what? We should, we should, uh, we should make the cripple boy. The, the, the cripple, the per, the person who's representing the cripples, be the king. <laughs> um, hail Caesar! Like I don't know. Et tu, et tu, Brute. Um, yeah, it's uh, maybe. I think honestly, like Israel needs to stop ethnically cleansing, and uh, the AOC needs to in- endorse Bernie. Yeah, AOC needs to endorse Bernie, and I think Bernie needs to become like the president of the world. Um, and I, I don't know, maybe there's probably a, a farther left-leaning candidate that I think should be president of the world. And Bernie should go over to, to Israel and be like, all right, guys, stop ethnically cleansing Palestinians and start. Here we go. Ready for this one? You don't know where this is going. Ethnically cleansing the people who like Brightburn. Just, if there are people, and there probably are. There's like one guy. They probably do need a – it's not even ethnic cleanse. It's just cleanse like they're gone <laughs> like you're deported to wherever you came from like <laughs> utah they could have they could have that island that um napoleon they could have uh El- elba the island that napoleon was on they could have that entire island just because there's them. probably like four people who like that movie yeah so like we just move everybody I- i'm assuming there's people who live there so we just move everybody there get, like get them nicer houses and just like put everybody like brightburn on that one little island and we don't have to like you know, do anything. We just have to leave them there, and they can just chill. Like it'd be fine. We could send them food. It'd be and, good. Yeah. Like they probably just need their diapers changed or whatever. Like. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hopefully next week there'll be a little like more meat to this podcast. I know we kind of jumped around a lot. Um, yeah. Also, uh, Donald Trump is the greatest comedian on the face of this planet. So. I would have said Bill Burr, but whatever. Um, actually, Louis C.K. pre-controversy. Why pre-controversy? You don't like that he just like, well, he asked their permission to jack off in front of them. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, have a great week, guys. We'll be back with hopefully some more Meghan Markle nasty news. Oh, yeah, the, the Meghan Markle goodness. She's a nasty girl. <laughs> Bye, guys.